You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Rommel, credential reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Miami was in Indiana on Wednesday night. No Kendrick Nunn, certainly no Victor Oladipo. They lost two games in a row to Indiana just a few weeks ago. And it was the bench that had killed them during those two occasions. It looked like that might be the case again on Wednesday because Miami's offense was really inconsistent early on. Their defense was keeping them in it. And then Indiana's second unit led by T.J. McConnell. Future heat lifer, T.J. McConnell. Like That's a guy who just seems to have all the kinds of intangibles that fans love. And certainly in Heat Nation, he is a free agent. He would be a great backup here. Certainly an upgrade perhaps over... Gabe Vincent, although I'm not sure what kind of upside there is to having a player like McConnell. Certainly gives you great effort, but that's a conversation for this offseason. Dylan McDermott, Goga Bataze, uh, they just blew Miami's depleted reserves away, building a 13-point lead, and it looked like Miami was going to cave. It seemed eerily reminiscent of the six games during the last losing streak when they just couldn't get anything going offensively. It was just really, really bad. And then Jimmy and Bam were struggling in the first half. So it was up to Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero to carry the heat. And they did. They helped cut the lead to actually just two points at the half. And then Indiana kicked off the third quarter with a 13-0 run. And it looked like Miami would once again fall apart. But the Heat did something smart. They kept attacking Indiana big man Miles Turner and went on an 11-0 run of their own. And when Turner was forced out of the game due to foul trouble, Jimmy Butler simply took over. It was really very reminiscent of last season, especially in the playoffs, watching Jimmy absolutely dominate, attacking the paint, forcing turnovers, getting to the line. 14 of his 18 points came in the second half, and he just looked absolutely unstoppable. It just seemed like he remembered all of a sudden that he was Jimmy Effing Butler, that he didn't like losing, that he didn't want to lose to the goddamn Indiana Pacers, and he simply took over the game in the way very few players can. The Heat overtook the lead midway through the fourth quarter, and then Karis LeVert, Gave them a bucket, uh, just a one-point lead with about six minutes and 49 seconds left in the game. But the Pacers wouldn't score again for over six minutes of play. Not again until the 41-second mark. And by then, Miami had built just enough of a lead that they were able to seal the deal, winning their second straight game, a 92-87 to victory. Hard-fought defensive slugfest over the Pacers in Indiana. They returned home on Thursday to take on the Golden State Warriors. Just a programming note while I'm recapping the game. There is a preview of sorts with my former co-host Wes Goldberg, now the host of Locked on Warriors. So this is a bonus episode. I'm recapping the Pacers win, then previewing the Warriors game, and then, of course, recapping the Warriors game as well tomorrow night. So just download all three of those episodes whenever you can. Duncan Robinson was the story of the game. I'll have to be 100% honest with you, but I am saving that until the next segment and focusing instead on Jimmy and Bam because the struggles were very apparent in the first half. Uh, I'm not sure if they were I'm not sure if they were fully engaged. It was a little bizarre from them because normally both those players maybe, you know, Jimmy can take a step back. 
we've seen him do that on a number of occasions as he analyzes the game and kind of sees what's necessary of him and he can kind of just turn it on as needed. That didn't seem to be the case. He was a little out of it, strangely so. And then all of a sudden, Bam just followed suit. Like he wasn't really as explosive as he normally was during the first half. They struggled, but they were able to get back into it. And again, Jimmy's play in particular was inspiring. Bam wound up having a pretty solid second half of his own. Uh, he wound up getting to the line inc- incredible eight of 12 times from the line. Fantastic performance from him to draw fouls from Turner, DeMontis, Sabonis, anybody that was there. He couldn't quite, you know, he didn't have the scoring punch today, but at least he was able to get to the line. He finished 4 of 10 from the field, so not, you know, not great. I, I don't think it was, it's too easy to reduce Adebayo having a bad night to his, you know, go-to not aggressive enough mentality. I don't think that was the case here. I think he's genuinely perturbed by Miles Turner, and Turner is a long shot blocker. Uh, I have to be honest with you, somebody submitted this question later on, but uh, Turner would be a fantastic fit in Miami. (laughs) He is the 3 and B prototype that would be so great next to Adebayo, like a guy who can stretch the floor like Miles Turner can, I'm sorry, like uh, Myers Leonard can, or could, and then at the same time still be able to spend time in the paint to collect rebounds and swat shots and impact Drives to the rim. I mean, that would have been such a what a phenomenal defense it would be. A defensive player of the year candidate playing alongside two other defensive player of the year candidates in Bam and Jimmy Butler. So that would be a, a fantastic trio right there, but not likely to happen, unfortunately. Goran Dragic, I've had legitimate concerns about his ability to bounce back from injury. We've seen good games. We've seen really bad games. We've seen terrible games from him. Uh, this was a solid one. Uh, especially before he returns to the bench. Good for him to be able to get a nice, solid stroke going, to be able to score with confidence. He, he is a step slower. There's no denying that. As much as I try to ignore that possibility or just overlook it as he's impacting the game in other ways, he is not as quick as he once was. He's mostly reduced to a three-point shooter. I, I'll have to look right now as I'm even saying this. I wonder how much of his offense. You know what? I'll pause and actually start looking that up. Of his 11 points per game, I'm sorry, 11 shot attempts per game, just over four of those from three-point range. Uh, Actually, turns out, not as much as it was last year. Last year, he was much more of a three-point shooter. 46.7% of all of his shot attempts were from three-point range. This year, just over 40, just under 41%. So, a slight dip there, but it seems like he's trying to be more aggressive and getting to the rim uh, just isn't quite paying off for him in the way that it has in the past. He's just he's just not the player. Like I don't want to besmirch Goron. At the same time, clearly he's struggling. The uh, only eleven shot attempts per game last year was twelve point three. The year before that, it was twelve. So this is a steady decline for him. And the percentages just haven't been there either. Unfortunately, he's not shooting that well from three-point range or from two-point range. So that's a a constant struggle for him. We'll see if he can flip the switch. They're pinning a lot of hopes on Goran being able to be a contributor off the bench now that you've got Victor Oladipo in the fold, assuming that Victor is able to contribute the way everybody expects him to. Nemanja Bjelica is also a slight concern for Heat fans. He just isn't playing much. There are conditioning issues, I would imagine. He does not look like he's in great shape. I guess they're slowly trying to integrate him in there, You know, get him familiar with the Heat system. I would imagine he'll get more playing time on Thursday night, being that it's the second night of a back-to-back. But I'm not sure if there's high hopes for him. Like, 
to acquire him via trade and then to not play him seems a little strange. Like I, I realize that you're clearing up a roster spot basically and giving up Chris Silva and Mo Harkless in exchange for Bielitsa, but I mean, you figure you could play him, right? I mean, the comparison to Kelly Olenek wasn't one that we've all made, but it also one that the Heat front office made, and and Pat Riley made it, and Eric Spolster made it. So they know he's a stretch big. Just have him go out there and stretch the floor. Unfortunately, he just got a couple of minutes to play. So we'll see if he's able to bounce back. But overall, though, this is the minutia of the game was fine. I think it's more important to kind of just focus on the big picture here with this team that they were able to come back in a way that I don't think a lot of people expect them to. Their offense was just abysmal. But so long as they were able to play defense as well as they did, that they were able to capitalize on key misses from guys like Turner, McConnell, Levert, and others, even Sabonis wound up missing some time during the game because he had suffered some kind of leg injury, then wound up coming back and just wasn't as effective as he had been prior to that. Miami finds a way to win, and they did exactly what was necessary. It was a particular concern there when Jimmy and Bam weren't playing well, but for Jimmy to be able to turn it up, for Tyler Hero to have another big game, for Bam to be able to get to the line, all these things coming in at key moments, and Duncan, Duncan especially. Such a fantastic win for this team. Uh, not just was it a big win in the terms of you don't want to get swept in the season series against a, a you know division, not a divisional, a conference opponent. You're juggling for playoff rankings here. You're trying to do everything you can to build a slight edge. This win helps immeasurably with that regard. Like I, I understand this isn't the primary focus for the Heat, but you want to be able to say, you know what, at least I've figured out something that's going on with this Pacers team. They might not represent the best matchup, for Miami, but they could still find a way to beat them if they're focused, if they play their key identity. And 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 the press game presser, post game presser, sorry, they kept hinting at the fact that they're finally coming around to figuring out their identity. I'm not sure how much I buy it. The six game losing streak, look, it was just a few days ago. It wasn't like it just ended like a month ago or something like that. But a lot of that I think had to do with the culmination of all these external factors, particularly the trade deadline weighing on players. And that's why it's just built and built and built. After going 11 and 12, all of a sudden the focus shifts to, well, who can we acquire? Who can we trade for? Kyle Lowry or Victor Oladipo, both. And that had to have been putting pressure on the players on this roster. That's partly a factor why they struggled as much as they did during that six-game stretch. But now you kind of turn it around. A big win against New York, another big win against Indiana. Those things matter. Again, conference opponents, finding a way to stop them, playing defense at a high level, knocking down big shots. It's a great, great win. It really, really is. A, a solid showing from everybody. A fantastic performance from Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in particular. But overall, a, a win that shows character, that shows strength, that shows integrity. Uh, wasn't quite apparent in the first half. Certainly evident in the second half. It was the exact opposite of the third quarter that so many fans expect Miami to have. But, you know, part of that third quarter, I was going to call it third quarter, part of the third quarter that made it so special was just watching everybody play cohesively, connectedly, a joy tied together with the aggression of being able to dominate an opponent. And I think that was... Well, it was reminding me, reminiscent of me, again, of what we saw last year from Jimmy Butler, which is why I was seriously considering giving him, yet again, the title of the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. But I have to give it to Duncan Robinson. And I don't want to make this whole episode about Duncan, but it's kind of hard not to see him playing with much more loose attitude, much more joy. He's 
seems like he's just really happy out there and, and happy to be part of this team. And I think that's a big part of what defines not just Michelob Ultra, but Duncan Robinson's play of late, something I'll talk about in the later segment. But, uh, you know, again, the, if you haven't had a Michelob Ultra, and I'm not sure why you haven't, it's only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's so good. And, you know, you can really just enjoy the beer and not have to worry about the calories or the concerns about your weight or anything like that. And that's similarly to what you do when you watch Duncan play. He's not worried about everything else outside of it. He's just worried about trying to or just focused on trying to score and enjoying it when that shot is falling and it makes it so much easier for the rest of us. If, uh, you know, if you're winning it's easier to enjoy the game, but is that all you do? Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? I, I think it certainly goes hand in hand, and I think it certainly contributes to Miami's two-game streak. Let's see if they can continue to build that on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Thursday when they take on the Golden State Warriors. But I'll talk a little bit about Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in the next segment before answering your li- listener questions here on Locked on Heat. All the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Rakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get to podcasts. Tyler Hero, man. Like, there's still some questionable decision-making there, especially when he's going up against a legit seven-footer in Miles Turner and one of the premier shot blockers in the game. And he seems to find a way to keep challenging him. Again, there's... Number of opportunities where he's had fast break chances and kind of blows those. Not sure exactly what's going on there. But overall, though, Tyler's improvement over the last four games since the passing of the trade deadline, nearly a 20 points per game score, 19.3 overall. That's just phenomenal for him. He seems to be so much more at ease. Not perfect. Far from it. But I think the fact that he he feels less pressure, that he's heard his name wasn't included in any proposed trade packages, you know, which has got to be weird, right? I mean, did Duncan just kind of say, oh, you know, I was out the door, but, uh, you know, or does Tyler rub it in? You know, I heard you were getting, getting shipped to, you know, Toronto. I would have been the one to stay. I don't know. That seems a little strange, I guess. Maybe they just don't bring it up. You just kind of ignore it and overlook it. Uh, but... Tyler certainly seems a lot more relaxed. Uh, he's he's going to make mistakes. I just think that's part of who he is as a player, and at least over the first couple seasons of his career, he's still only 21. So I, I for one, am personally glad that he was not traded away. I know there have been concerns. I think those are still going to linger. I just think a good Tyler game makes this team so much more fun and exciting and unbeatable. Like, if you get a good Tyler game, when Jimmy's doing what he can and when Bam is doing what he can, and certainly once Victor is doing what he can, all of a sudden the ceiling on this team. I mean, think about that. Like, maybe we're, we're kind of getting too far ahead of ourselves here because we have not seen what Victor Oladipo can do. He's training with Karan Butler in Miami right now. He did not go with the team to Indiana or uh, New York. Instead, he just wound up staying in Miami to continue to work on his game and Look, I got to be honest with you. I mean, the expectations are slowly building. If you didn't hear my podcast yesterday with Mark Schindler of Indy Cornrows, make sure you go ahead and do yourself a favor. Mark wrote a fantastic piece about what he expects Victor's impact to be in Miami, and I am just, I am just salivating at the prospect of it. I, I really do think he's going to be phenomenal on defense. That it's going to be a great role for him. 
And at the same time, when you're looking at the fact that Pat Riley in the front office was able to lure Victor Oladipo while not having to trade away either Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, who adds so many different dimensions to the team's offense, especially from the perimeter or as shot creators. I mean, what a phenomenal piece of, of I, I guess, general manager managerialness. I, I, it's just fantastic decision-making, great poker playing, way to understand what you're willing to give up, way to draw a line and say, this line, no further. I will not cross it for anybody. And he still winds up getting the player that he wants. A player that, again, I think is going to be happy here in Miami, who's going to want to resign here, is going to want to chip in to winning basketball probably for the first time in his career. Yeah, he's had solid showings, a playoff run in Indiana, but I think there's something bigger here that he's going to be able to feel like he's contributing to. And that you can have a guy like Tyler, a 20-point-per-game score over the last four games, slide in there. He's going to have less touches. I don't think that matters ultimately. But you've got Victor Oladipo, you've got Jimmy, you've got Bam. That's three All-Stars. you got Goran Dragic, a former All-Star. You've got Tyler Hero, a future All-Star. Duncan Robinson, a historically good shooter, and on and on. That's That feels like the makings of a good roster. I know we're all focused here on buyout players, something I'll talk about when I answer some of your listener questions in the next segment. But i got to be honest with you. You look at this roster as it's currently constructed, it looks pretty good. Look, they had a, a, a Sabonis. They had a Turner on that roster. They have a Goga Bataze, a seven-footer. And yes, they won the rebounding battle by a pretty wide margin. But guess who won the game? And I think that's where you can focus and say, you know what? It ultimately, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. They only had four blocks. So did Miami as a team. So, I, I, you know, a big part of that was Miles Turner with three blocks. A rim-protecting big like Turner certainly changes the game. But... Miami finds other ways to do things. They can find a way to attack those shot blockers, to get to the line, to draw fouls, to do things from the perimeter that they're capable of doing, especially when they're much more relaxed and easygoing, which is what we've seen from them of late, and I expect we'll be seeing from them moving forward. Perhaps nobody more relaxed and easygoing than Duncan Robinson. 20 of 35 on three-point attempts since the passing of the trade deadline last week. That's 57% shooting from three-point range. Talk about historically good. Now, I don't know if he's going to sustain that, but that's a four-game sample size that's a strong indicator to me that he feels much, much more at ease. The shots, the degree of difficulty, as great as ever. He's still coming off of screens. He still has hands up in his face. He's still having to pull up from 30 feet out just to get an easy, clean look, and it's still being contested and still knocking those down like six of 11 on Thursday on Wednesday night. That's pretty phenomenal. And the, a couple of those were late in the game when, you know, the, the, the victory was more or less sealed for them. And I think Duncan still just wanted to find a way to contribute overall though. I got to say Duncan is still also adding other things to the, to the final outcome, eight rebounds, four assists, an overall all-around game for Duncan Robinson. Eric Spolster spoke about it post-game, how he was largely unplayable as a rookie and in his second year, and since then has just continued to do days and days, hundreds of hours of work, as Spolster put it, watching film, studying, putting in the work uh, physically as well as mentally to understand his role on the defensive end, and it's really paying off. Like He put the ball down. 
scooted right past Miles Turner, drove baseline on him and finished with a quasi-dunk, not quite Bam-esque there, that's for sure. But, you know, I, I think we're starting to see real growth from Duncan Robinson as an all-around player. There were concerns. Uh, I think I voiced a couple of them myself at times that maybe he was going to be limited as a player, but that's not the case. He seems like he's just finding ways to contribute in other ways, even if his shot isn't falling. And fortunately for him and for us, it has been falling. So great showing from him. I think a really strong overall individual performance and led to some really key victories. And hopefully he's going to get even more looks easier, easier looks later on once Victor Oladipo joins. That drive and kick game is going to be such a valid, incredible, potent offensive option there. And I think you're going to see it uh, thrive. I think you're going to see a lot of open looks, not just for Duncan Robinson, but for Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero or any guard that winds up playing alongside him. I'll answer your listener questions about the best big man available and more in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. But I wanted to get into a little bit about the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. It's Built Bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Amazing taste. And find out which is the best Built Bar of them all. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup's a tough one. Cookie Dough Chunk moving on versus Mint Brownie. That's a, well, you know, for me, that's a no-brainer. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I like the cookie dough chunk. I think it's a fantastic taste. My former co-host, Wes Goldberg, has a strong anti-cookie dough take, which I really don't understand, but I, I think it's one of the best tasting bars of them all. Uh, I, you know, what else can I say? Go and find out for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter and order a box of your own. You can mix and match different flavors. Remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of them all. Once you're done with that, make a little extra money too. Go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. But the NBA and college basketball are still kicking it live. And the NHL is in full swing. Major League Baseball is right around the corner. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, whatever you can think of. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON. More analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with a Locked On NBA Draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So time for listener questions. You're all still sending them in, and I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for sending them in via email, direct message, or even via Twitter using the hashtag AskHelloHeat. This question comes in somewhat jokingly from Hialeah in Arkansas. And he asks, will the Bally scoreboard get any better? The score was wrong most of the game. Reminded me of youth basketball scorekeepers. For those of you who weren't able to watch the game on Wednesday night against the Indiana Pacers, Fox Sports has changed to Bally Sports, and they're the ones that have completely, uh, I don't know, redesigned the whole website and the whole look 
of everything that's going on on the TV broadcast, and they've got a new graphic screen. I was kept waiting for Eric Reed or John Crotty or Jason Jackson to screw up and call it Fox Sports again, but instead they were calling it uh, Bally, as they well they should. And uh, look, <laughs> I've got to be honest. I know this is kind of tongue-in-cheek there. Not great, perhaps, that the scoreboard was off. I, I didn't really notice anything too bad. Maybe that's just me. I, I didn't really care. I'm not as, uh, I don't know, uh, not, I wouldn't say observant. I just, I don't necessarily care for those kind of details the way I might have done so earlier in my career or in my fandom. So this was uh, not as something uh, egregious as I. a lot of people seem to have some legitimate concerns about it. I, look, either way. He came up with a victory. Who cares if it's Bally Sports or Fox Sports or Sunshine Sports or whatever the hell they call it. They'll fine-tune it. They'll figure it out. I'm not sure what the deal was. I'm not sure why the scoreboard wasn't exactly updated as regularly as it should. I also don't think it's necessarily a source of issue or a point of contention for anybody, but that's just me. TZA Mac writes in, with the way Duncan has been playing of late, will he remain? Oh, he will, excuse me, remain in the starting lineup. A definitive statement from TZA Mac. Uh, once Oladipo joins, which means that Kendrick Nunn will come off the bench. Absolutely. Having Dragic, Hero, Nunn, and Gabe Vincent, who's having some good minutes as well. Got to disagree there, TZA. How would that rotation look like, including Iggy Belly? Well, I can uh, right away tell you that I don't think Belly's going to be a, a big part of that. Uh, I think we're starting to see that now. I think Achua is not going to necessarily be a part of that either. Both of them seem largely unplayable for various reasons. Uh, Achua's defense might be good, but his offense is woesome. Uh, Bielitsa's offense might be much better, but his defense isn't going to be great, and his conditioning level seems to be a concern as well. So you're going to have to find some way of getting them some minutes here and there. Like You're probably not going to add another player. Uh, via the buyout market or a free agent type player. So, you know, I, I think you're going to see Dragic coming in right off the bench. I, I think like you've got a four guards that you got to find a way to incorporate there. You probably see a lot of Iggy at the five lineups. Find a way to stagger the lineup so it's not so bad. I think you can probably replace Hero for Robinson because of his floor spacing ability. None will probably go in for Victor Oladipo. It won't be an even switch, but it'll be pretty seamless, I think. Uh, Dragic and Jimmy haven't played as much this season, I think, as they did last year, so I wonder if that's going to be a, a, a twist that we'll see later on. Uh, Vincent probably is not going to be playing much. I think he's probably not going to be in that nine-man rotation or so. It's going to be Iggy, Dragic, Hero, and none. Those are your four guys coming off the bench. Unless Bielita shows out completely, drops 20 pounds over the next few weeks, and winds up becoming you know a 50 to 60 percent shooter from three, I just don't see him getting a lot of minutes. Uh, TZA gets an extra question in too. He's asking via poll here, who's the better option, Demarcus Cousins, Marcus All, Hassan Whiteside, or Lamarcus Aldridge? So. Uh, Marcus Saul possibly nearing a buyout with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think anything's been determined or finalized yet, but since they acquired Andre Drummond, Gasol seems a lot more expendable there. Asan Whiteside hasn't been bought out by the Sacramento Kings, but it's possible that he will be. DeMarcus Cousins already getting a 10-day contract offer from the Los Angeles Clippers, so he doesn't seem to be uh, an option for Miami. And of course, LaMarcus Aldridge signing in Brooklyn for the rest of the season, so... Overall, though, it's an interesting question because they each, to me, bring something different. Like Cousins, Whiteside, Gasol, Aldridge, all four very different players. Of the four, and I, it pains me to say this, I think the best option currently 
is probably Hassan Whiteside. Like I just think he's younger than the rest of them. He's more capable. He's certainly a better defender than any of the others. I, well, even Gasol at this point is still a pretty solid defender and very sma- savvy and smart player. I'd say Whiteside is probably a better defender still than even than Gasol at this point in his career. Aldridge and Cousins, not either of them capable of uh, just capable defenders. Period. Aldridge is the best offensive player there, uh, even better than Cousins, I think, because he's a solid shooter. He can move still. He can create his own shots in a way that Cousins cannot at this point. So if I'm ranking them, oh, again, it pains me to say this, I'd say Whiteside first, Aldridge second, Gasol third, and Cousins a distant fourth. I just I can't wrap my mind, my mind around the possibility of DeMarcus Cousins playing well in the future I just I don't know if his career is over but he just keeps trying to fight his way find his way back onto the floor and we're you know I talked about this with Wes Goldberg over at Locked On Warriors you know they had DeMarcus Cousins there a couple seasons ago that feels like an eternity ago since then he was a Laker and now he was a Rocket and now he's a Clipper you know so many injuries between his tenure in New Orleans and then San Francisco and then Los Angeles like he's been hurt every year for the past 4 years you can't come back from that like not as a 7 footer that weighs 300 pounds or close to it 260 275 whatever it is like your your legs just can't sustain that and so he, there's a lack of motility there that makes him largely inefficient i, I wish him all the best i really do I just don't think that he's going to be a factor for any team moving forward. I don't think any of the buyout candidates are going to be factors for their respective teams. Even as I'm recording this, Andre Drummond is struggling in his first showing for the Lakers, at least from what I last saw. Moving on, Kevin asks, why does Victor Oladipo want to be in Miami? Is it the team, heat culture, the city, all of the above? Uh, I, I would say to rank this yet again, not heat culture. The city, probably a big part of it. The team... Certainly a big part of it. And then thirdly, you cannot escape the the importance of playing for Tom Crean and playing as a Dwayne Wade type player. Like different schools, Crean coached Oladipo in Indiana, not Marquette the way he coached Dwayne, but there was still a connection there. He recruited Oladipo using that connection to Dwayne Wade there. And I really do think that Oladipo wanted to play like Dwayne Wade. Different circumstances, different league, and I think Oladipo more of a shooter than than Dwayne ever was, especially from the perimeter. But overall, I, I'd say certainly elements of his game that he patterned after Dwayne Wade. I, I don't think that's overstating anything. I, although I don't know that he's necessarily directly stated as much. I'm sure he'll probably be asked that a lot over the next couple of days. But for now, I just don't uh, necessarily think that uh, – I, I don't think he's ever out – directly said yeah that Dwayne is the guy that I patterned my career after but anyway uh, as far as why he wants to be here yeah I think there's the Dwayne factor I think that's the he likes Miami he spends a lot of time here in the off season uh, I don't know if he necessarily has family or friends out here but he does I think keep a residence here or at least spend time here look it's a life of an NBA player you can go anywhere you want to why not spend it in Miami during the off season so I, I think he wants to be a part of this culture i think he wants to be a part of the city i think he wants to help uh you know play alongside jimmy butler and bam Adebayo. i think he's going to embrace that role as the third go-to player on this roster he doesn't have to carry the load the same way he did it in indiana over the last couple of years or 
Uh, certainly not in, in prior to that in Orlando. And the the Westbrook chapter in Oklahoma City for Old Depot is a very odd one. Uh, you know that was Westbrook's MVP year, so I don't think that oh, we got the full experience of what Old Depot can or can't be. And uh, I don't think he'll have to duplicate that. I think he can understand how to play alongside a guy like Jimmy. And Jimmy, look, if Jimmy is nothing else, he'll defer to Oladipo as a shot taker. It's just about finding the right shots. I think Oladipo is smart enough, savvy enough. And, and Jimmy spoke about this postgame. He's really looking forward to seeing a guy that can go get a bucket to defend at a high level. And I think it's just going to be a fantastic fit. I really do. I'm hoping that it will, and we'll see soon enough. It's less than 24 hours. Before he makes his debut with the Miami Heat. Should be a great game against the Golden State Warriors. But just a reminder that you can always reach me at email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. I'm David Ramil signing off and thanking you as always for your support. Um.